0: You are listening to The Gateway Church in Spring Lake, Michigan. To learn more, visit us at thegatewaygh.com. Well, thank you for being here again this morning. Thanks for joining us. And I'm just curious, how many of you were here last week for our grand opening? All right, uh, uh, the majority of us were. Okay, and I just want to say thanks for coming back, number one. And last week, if you were here, uh, we asked if you were a family to take a picture and post that online on Facebook, and uh, we're giving away two pizza dinners today, and we've got those families picked out, and uh, and we'll let them know uh, who they are. Uh, and, and, and so we thank you for posting, and we blew up Facebook last week, and you guys did a great job. But let me just remind you, Anytime you come, you can check in to the Gateway Church. That helps us. That helps us to be able to get the word out. But I'm wondering, if you're here for the first time today, which there may be some that are here for the first time, and you're sitting with the invited guest, so the person that invited you to come to church, you're about to find out why they invited you this morning. Because of the sermon series My big mouth. Now, you can take it personally or not. I don't know. But the reason you might be here is because they wanted you to hear today's message. But I want to just pause here for a second and say that this is not about anyone's big mouth except your own. (laughs) It's my big mouth. It's not your husband's big mouth or your boss's big mouth or your girlfriend's big mouth or your neighbor's big mouth. Today is my big mouth. So let's just say that all together. My big mouth. One more time with emphasis on the my. My big mouth. Now, has anyone ever... Felt like you needed a pause button or maybe a rewind button in your life? Where you've put your foot in your mouth, right? Where you wish you could get the words back that you said. Oh, I know. Let me just see a show of hands. Is that really? Okay, good. I'm in good company. Good. You know, and I've been preparing for a couple months. We knew that this is the direction we were going, but this week when I sat down and really started to write and really started to think about what we wanted for each of the weeks and things like that, I had writer's block. I couldn't think of a time, seriously, where I struggled with my big mouth. I knew that couldn't be the case, and then I thought to myself, do I dare ask my wife, Jessica, and we were driving along the road, and I said, "Jessica, I'm really struggling, and I'm having a hard time. Well, you know what? What?" And, and I said, "This is, you know, this is where we're headed." My big mouth, and and she said, "Don't you have a Ph.D. in opening your mouth, inserting foot? You've got plenty of experience." And then for the next 30 minutes, she went on to give me lots and lots of examples. But let me just remind you, it's not my big mouth, not. Ben Vey's big mouth. It's yours that we're going to talk about. But I am willing to share. And I thought I'd start this series by sharing one of the areas that I often, and Lord help me, that, that I'm hopefully better than I've been in the past. But I have this problem of inviting people to our house without asking permission from Jessica or saying, hey, Jessica, what do you think? And I'll just be like, oh, man, yeah, come on over what? That you don't do that? Well, I'm alone. I can see. And, uh, and I've, um, I've done this for years, and I have grown in this some. But uh, I, the story I want to tell is going back to 2009 or 2010, and it was Easter Sunday. It was Easter Sunday, and we had a great service. Uh, we were back in, uh, back in the old building, of course, and we were in one service then. And we had, at, after service, we Uh, In the lobby area, we were just having a good time, greeting people, things. And, you know, in in the course of conversation, I asked a family, hey, what are your plans today? Because everyone's got plans for Easter, don't they? No, they don't. And this family said, oh, we don't have any plans. And I'm thinking in the split second, my mind is going, I'm thinking, what's the friendly thing to do? What's the pastoral thing to do? What is the neighborly thing to do? And so I just blurted out of my mouth, well, why don't you join us? And they said, absolutely. And I know what you're thinking. You're in trouble. And I thought, well, I'm okay. Because not only were we, we were in, uh, of course, at the old building, but our Easter dinner was in Kalamazoo, Michigan. We were going to go and be with Jessica's parents. And I thought, there's no way that this family, their two kids, are going to make the trip all the way to Kalamazoo. So I explained that, oh, yeah, oh, man, that'd be great. Oh, wait, uh, we're, we're going to Kalamazoo and Jessica's parents. And then I opened my mouth again, and I'm like, but Jessica's parents, they're gracious. They would love to have you. <laughs> and this family, they said, great. We're we're in. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world have I done? Jesus has resurrected, but I'm about to die, okay? (laughs) And and seriously, I'm thinking in the moment. And then I had to uh, proceed to tell Jessica what I've done. And let me just say, my beautiful wife is gracious. She's uh, an angel, but oh, it wasn't fun. And uh, and then I, she said, well, you have to call my mom and dad. And I had to call her parents. Now, her parents will be here second service if they're feeling well today. And uh, and they were gracious. They made room at the table because there's always room, right? And, uh, and not only that, we were going to do an Easter egg hunt for all the kids. And they were bringing a couple kids. And by the time we got to Kalamazoo, Jerry had figured out how to not only have enough food and enough place settings and all of that, they made Easter baskets for their kids, and it ended up working out okay, but I was in the doghouse. My big mouth got me in trouble. How many have ever been there, right? You've said something, right? You didn't think before you you spoke, and you're saying, oh, why did I just say that? And I was thinking, instead of my big mouth, maybe we should put my big fat mouth. I don't know, because that might be more appropriate in some circumstances. And so we're going to kind of wrestle with this idea for the next, well, for the next uh, bit here. But today is all about laying a foundation. And we want to do that and kind of answer the why. Why is it important for us to understand that our words mean something? And then we're going to look at some specific areas uh, over the next bit. And we're going to talk about how we can control our speech. And I really, I sat down just for a couple minutes and made a list of potential things that we could talk about. And I made this list, and let's just look at them here. Gossip and criticism, sarcasm, cruel or mean humor, flattery, boasting, insults, complaining, lying, profanity, hmm, uh, enticing words, provoking words. And the list could go on and on. And I know what you're thinking. How long is this series going to be? How long is it going to take? And I just want to say, it's going to take as long as we need. I'm thinking four to five years. <laughs> and uh, But we're going to make our way through some of these topics, and we're going to try to get our mind around it. My big mouth. Now, as we l- try to answer the why today, and why is it important, uh, and really... understand the big deal about what we say. It's really, uh, the idea is rooted in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. If you have a Bible, I want you to turn there. Otherwise, it'll be on the screen, of course. But uh, the truth is, uh, if you believe Scripture or not, you probably would believe this verse, this idea that's presented uh, from the uh, uh, King Solomon. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, says this. And really the first part is where we're going to focus. It says, the tongue, or our mouth, right, has the power of life and death. Now, I don't want to over-dramatize this, but there's power, life and death, in our tongues. The little tongue inside of your mouth is powerful. There's a power within us. Our words, words in history, have changed the course of nations. Think about it. Words have started and ended wars. Words have uh, made men rich. It's made women famous. Words have the power to command or to corrupt. Words can bless or they can curse. They can blame there's so many things. There is power within each of us, and it's related to our words and linked to our tongues. And there's power in our big, fat mouths, life and death. And if that's true, we better have a plan or a strategy to deal with our little tongues. And the good news is that Scripture answers, gives us some kind of a playbook uh, to help us. And it's not easy. But there's something that we're going to learn today that I hope you never forget. And it's rooted in the book of James, James chapter 1, verse 19. And this is simply how it goes is that we are to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, when we say this, I'm going to kind of use some dramatic language here to help em- emphasize this. And this is important. So we say quick to listen and then slow to speak. All right, so just say it with me quick to listen slow to speak and we're going to get our mind around this and over the, it's not rocket science and but it's difficult to understand this and really do this and so we talk as we talk about gossip and we talk about lying and we talk about uh, being critical or complaining or uh, cursing and different things over the next few weeks this is the plan this is where we're going to start this is kind of where we're going to be rooted in this is the answer to our big fat mouse so let's talk about it Let's talk about this idea and let's talk about our tongues for a moment. If you stick out your tongue for a moment, just do that. Ah, I like that. Let me see. All right, I'm the doctor here. Yep. And, and the tongue is kind of a ugly thing. Who agrees that the tongue is kind of ugly, right? I mean, no one's like, oh, let me take a picture of my tongue, right? I mean, that's kind of gross. I don't know who did that. It's not my tongue. I just want you to know that. That's kind of weird. It's got a little, uh, anyway. Um, but it's. The average tongue length is four inches, just in case you were interested. So if you got longer than that or shorter than that, I mean, it's, the average is four inches. And within your mouth and within your tongue, there you have between 2,000 and 10,000 taste buds. And hopefully you have more than less, and uh, that is interesting. But all of us, no matter who we are, we have eight muscles that make up our tongues. And as I was studying a little bit about this, I, I came across a fact that our tongues never wear out our tongues never get tired so it kind of answers the question you maybe you've asked the question doesn't so and so ever get tired of talking well the answer apparently is no Because their tongue never wears out. And it's our tongues that form our words. And then I was thinking about our words uh, as I was studying. And I was curious, how many words do we speak on average? And there are two answers to this. There's one, 20,000, and then 7,000. And I'm just, let's take a quick survey. Uh, How many think... um, You know, men or women. So it's gonna be men are one of those, and women are the other. Let's just, you know, quick, quick show hands. How many think women um, talk twenty thousand, and men think okay? How many think the opposite? Women do seven thousand, and then men. 20,000, there's no one that thinks that, just, just so you know. And, uh, but anyway, 20,007, and if you multiply that by 365 days a year and then times 70 years, that's 51 million words the average woman will speak, and 178 million for us men. And that's a lot of words. And some of you are above average, and uh, that's that's okay, but it, it just is. And the key thing to understand is that's a lot of words, but our words, they matter. Our words matter. It just flat out, it does. And sometimes our words even matter more than our actions. We always hear, well, actions speak louder than words. Well, that might be true in some cases. But do you remember the old nursery rhyme? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know it. And we know that's not true. It's not true. Our words matter. They cut and they hurt. There's power. There's life and death to build up or to tear down. And the crazy thing is if you study Scripture, it says that we will give a record of every word we have ever spoken. Say, who in the world is keeping record? Well, maybe your spouses, (laughs) or your friend, or your neighbor, or an enemy. Well, that might be true, but God keeps record. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, we can see something that's just really interesting. God, he keeps record of our words. Look what it says. It says in verse 36, But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have ever spoken. By our words, you will be acquitted, and by, our, by your words, you will be condemned. The point here is that God, he's keeping track. He knows every single word you've ever said, or will say, for that matter. Now, I don't know about you, but I, when, you, when that really sinks in, it kind of makes me sad For my circumstances, like God, he knows. It's just the truth. That's why our plan, let's go back to our plan, quick to listen, slow to speak is so important. Slow to speak. Now, in the book of James, that's where this is found. In James chapter 1, uh, we're going to kind of look at that uh, here in a second. James chapter 1 gives us some insight on how we should handle our words or handle our tongue. But let me just talk about James for a second. James, he was the famous brother of Jesus, all right? So he, was, he grew up in the same home. He was a brother of Jesus. And before Jesus uh, died on the cross and was risen from the grave, James, no doubt, thought that Jesus was absolutely crazy. When Jesus would have mentioned that he was a savior, he would have thought, no, you are my brother. You are not my savior. But after the resurrection, after James saw Jesus on the cross, after Jesus or after James saw Jesus raised from the dead and spent time with him, he's like, I'm in. If my brother can die and be risen again, I'm in. And he became the leader of the church in Jerusalem, and so he was a man that had authority, and people listened when he spoke. And he was speaking here to the church. And uh, uh, 30 years later, in 62 AD, after Jesus uh, had arisen from uh, from or ascended to heaven, he was stoned to death for his belief. He believed that his brother was his savior. Just get your mind around that. He died for it. 30 years after. I mean, we're talking legit and he but anyway, he wrote a book into the church and this is what he says in verse number 21 or in verse number 19. He says, "My dear brothers and sisters." And what's cool, if you read the book of James, it's over and over. You could count it maybe 12 to 14, maybe 15 times. Brothers and sisters. He includes the ladies. I like that. He says, "Take note of this. Everyone everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. He says, look, this is important. It's like if you are one that marks up your Bible, you need to circle this or highlight it or put a big star by this idea. And he says, everyone. There's no one here that is exempt. Everyone needs this. And why do they need it? Because it's not the rightness of God to, to become angry or to let your words get the best of you. And As you look at it, therefore, get rid of these things because it will save you, and we will get there. But the idea here is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So let's try to read between the lines here. What is James saying? James, I believe, is saying exactly what each and every one of us want. When he says quick to listen, slow to speak, what he's saying is that you and I, we want to be heard, and we want to be understood. Isn't that like the human thing? We want to be heard and we want to be understood. Even if we don't agree and we got a a disagreement, as long as you listen to me, it's going to soften the situation. And James doesn't just say you need to listen. He says you need to quickly listen or listen quickly. You say, how in the world do you do that? Well, I think it starts by being curious by asking some questions try to learn something in the circumstance that you find yourself in because the truth is is that everything that everyone does and says and believes makes perfect sense to them think about it everything everyone does makes sense to them otherwise they wouldn't do it right everything someone says or the things that they believe, it makes perfect sense to them in their mind. And if you've ever asked yourself the question, huh, I don't know why so-and-so, why they would do that, (laughs) or why they would say that, or why they would believe that. Has Has anyone ever been there? You're like, man, my mind is spinning. Well, who has the problem? If you're asking that question, you do. If I'm asking that question, I've got the problem. Now, some of you are saying, well, I'd rather just be critical, and we're going to talk about that next week. But no, we need to listen and quickly listen. And the longer you listen and the more questions you ask, and then you listen, and you listen some more, the less likely you are to blow a gasket, to lose it, or to get in a bad mood. Because once you can see it from their perspective, maybe there's some growing, some learning. The idea here is to seek to be understood. Seek to be understood. It's a big idea. Now, if I could be honest with you, some of my worst parenting moments have been when I have not been quick to listen. And I've rushed in and my words have got me in trouble. Isn't that the truth? My daughter Reagan's here. And some of my worst marriage moments have been when my mouth is run and I, it's like, ah, I can't get those words back. And that's just the truth. And my guess is it's probably the same for you. You say, well, why is that? Well, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, it gives us a little insight into that. Proverbs 10, 19 basically says, well, I'll just read it, it says, sin is not ended by multiplying words, but the prudent hold their tongues. The idea is where there are a lot of words, sin is going to be evident. And that's certainly the case in my life. And I was thinking about this. You know, if we could learn, or as students, if you could uh, learn this, you could change the whole atmosphere in your family. I know we've got a few young people here, and I was just thinking, if you're a student, you could freak out your parents. If you just paused and asked a couple questions like this. Mom, Dad, I don't see it the way you see it. Could you say it another way? <laughs> Poof! Parents, your mind will be blown. Or if kids, you say, man, could you explain that another way or help me understand I'm telling you, if you're curious and you ask some questions, it diffuses the situation and it helps. I was using this message this morning in the little side office this morning, asking some questions, and it helped me not to get angry about some circumstances. I'm like, all right, this this actually works. I just kept on asking questions, and it kind of diffused the situation. You know, Stephen Covey, have you ever heard of him? Uh, he wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, right? This is stuff that's good in life in general. Uh, his number five uh, says uh, the, five, the fifth habit is seek first to understand, then to, under, to be understood. How important is that in our lives, in our families, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, and when we understand, you've got to understand that you see things through your lens, through your age, through your schooling, through your culture, through your growing up experience. And so you've got to put on someone else's perspective and try to understand. Let's go back to James chapter 1, verse 19. Again, it says, brothers and sisters, <laughs> take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. This is important. Slow to speak. Slow to become angry. And we need to do that for some very important reasons. It says, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. If you want to be in right standing with God, he's saying, look, you've got to learn from this. And then it goes on and it says, therefore, get rid of the moral filth, the evil, right, the evil, the desire to harm other people, and humble yourself, humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. This idea, quick to listen, slow to speak, can save your life. For some, it might be a saving of a job, because if you open your mouth, you're going to lose it. Or it could be saving a relationship, Or it'll save you from regret, or save you from acting out, or save you from a divorce, or maybe even save you from going to prison. I don't know. This is a big deal. Our big mouth. And what's interesting is where does this all come from? Where does the root of this come from? It's not a talking problem, it's not a word problem the root, it, where you say, well, it's so unnatural for me to hold back, or it's so hard, right? Uh, what is motivating us to want to speak first and then listen later? It's our hearts. Everyone say, it's your heart, and then turn to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15, we see a great story. Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and to the teachers of the law, and he's talking about uh, tradition, and he's talking about how people need to, uh, you know, understand that what goes in your mouth isn't what uh, defiles you, but what comes out of your mouth. And, and then in verse 10, it says, Jesus called the crowd to him, and he said, listen and understand. And that's kind of the, the point where this whole message or this, this idea here that for, for Jesus, it kind of makes the turn. Listen and understand. Verse 11 says, what goes into the mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them. And then in verse 18, he picks it up again and says, but the things that come out of a person's mouth, where do they come from? Comes from, say with me, the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are the things that defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. And we're going to learn next week in James chapter 3, the truth is, is that our hearts are hardened. We take our eyes off God. We put our eyes on ourselves. And we say, where is the health of our tongue? It's really linked to our heart. Going back to the very first story, you say, well, what's the big deal? You know, you invite people. Jessica, she should understand, right? I mean, you're the pastor after all. Your house should always be open, right? Right? What's the issue in my heart? The issue is that I want what I want. It's a Ben problem. And that's why I've got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and not put my foot in my mouth. Does that make sense? See how that works? And next week, we're going to say that no one can tame the tongue, and we but but we can do something this week about it. We can be quick to listen, slow to speak. And we want to ask the question, what is our heart reflecting? And there's a little... A, little game that I learned back uh, when I was a kid's pastor. And it's something that I was doing. I did the six-month-long training thing uh, where I wanted to grow in my leadership. I kind of felt like I was in a rut. And this company, they came alongside of me, and they, it was called Executive A Plus Training, and they kind of tailored it for a ministry uh, thing. And one of the exercises that they had me do for an entire month is, was to wear a rubber band. And, uh, and I've got my rubber band on here this morning, and we're going to give everyone a rubber band. In fact, we can go ahead and start passing those out um, this morning. Everybody's going to get a rubber band, and I'm going to ask you to wear this for the next month. And I realized uh, we had this whole stack of rubber bands, and it looked like they would fit, and uh, mine's a little tight. And next week, we're going to get some that are a little bit bigger. Um, and so, but, but we want you to take a rubber band, and you can just put it on your wrist. Now, the, the exercise for me was... I learned out of this 360-degree feedback that I was doing where people were saying, hey, this is how Ben reacts or this is how uh, he leads or different things. I realized that at that point in my leadership that I needed to learn to listen. And I would interrupt people and I would steamroll people, boom. And, uh, and I, I realized that... Uh, and, and so anyway, so I was told that I needed to wear a rubber band. And for, the, for a month, any time I interrupted somebody, I needed to snap myself. Now, we're going to have a little game for the rest of us. I want you to put this on, and I know it's a little tight for some of you. Uh, some of you is going to fit just right, but that's fine. And I want you just to put it on there and then snap it just once or twice, all right? And I just tell you, if you snap it on the top side... It doesn't hurt as bad. This side hurts more. And so, um, however uh, sadomasochist you are, I'm not sure uh, if that's even the word, but uh, you can do that. So this is the idea. For one month, could we wear a rubber band and really hone in on the idea that we're going to be quick to listen and ask some questions and be slow to speak? How many are in? How many are willing to try it? All right? And if you need to get a bigger rubber band before next week, we're going to have one. When you walk in next week, we're handing out rubber bands, whatever size, big, small. You can put it right around your waist. I don't care. Uh, And we're going to snap ourselves every time we need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Now, I know there's going to be a temptation for those of you that are living within a family that you're going to want to snap your neighbors, your spouse's. That's off limits, all right? Just just so you know. Okay, good. <laughs> this is a big deal, church. And we're going to really wrestle with this over the next few weeks. And we really want to get some traction and really see some significant growth in this area. It matters. Our words matter. And we want to control our big, fat mouths. And that's what God wants us to do so this morning, whether you're saying, man, I've got this thing licked, or you're saying, man, this is going to be tough, I want you to join me for the next four weeks and, and really get our mind around this. But this morning, as we close, I want to bring us to the attention that Jesus, and I know this is not really, a, hasn't been a salvation message, but listen to this for a sec. Jesus was sent into the world, and he could not speak. He couldn't speak because he was a baby, right? And for 30 years, he listened. Get your mind around that. He listened. And then when he started to speak at age 30, people flocked to him. Why do you think people flocked to Jesus? Why do you think people were so interested in what Jesus had to say? It's because they felt understood. And this morning, Jesus understands right where you are. He knows exactly what you're facing. And his desire is to have a relationship. Morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you're not walking in a relationship where you're given at your best, this morning we want to invite you to a place where you can surrender your heart and accept Jesus. The Bible says that we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. The truth, but. eternal life. The Bible explains that Jesus when he died on the cross he made a way for each of us to find him and to have our sins forgiven. It's a pretty good deal. And this morning if you're here I'm just going to ask in fact let's just do this. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. We'll start by just between you and God. If you're here and you do not know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, if your sins are not forgiven this morning, I'm just asking you to slip up your hand right where you are, and I want to pray for you. Who in first service on March 3rd, 2019, Praying for you. If you're away from the Lord and you're saying, "Man, I need to get my life right with the Lord," just slip up your hand. Just gonna take another second. Don't want to rush through this. Anybody else? Okay. All right. I don't see any hands, but I want you to think with me, with your head bowed and eyes closed, of the person in your life to respond to that call, to that invitation. And let's just pray for that person for a moment. It's reaching one more. It's reaching the one person in your life that it grieves you that they wouldn't make it to heaven if they didn't give their hearts to Jesus. Could we just pray for them for a moment? Lord, we thank you, God, that you're stirring within us. And God, I pray that not only would you draw that person, but give each of us the boldness to make a connection and to make make things um, uh, apparent and help us, Lord, to have spiritual conversations and help us, Lord, to live in a in a right way. Help us to control our tongue so we're we're not uh, not you know, uh, shaming your name, Lord. God, help us in all these things. And God, I pray that you would give us a boldness and, Lord, a desire to see one more come to know you. And Lord, I pray that there would not be a week go by that we don't see people surrendering their hearts to Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would do it, Lord. Do it in our hearts and in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand? I want to just give you a little instruction. Just one more time, just so that we're clear. The idea for this month and it's a simple idea, but it's not easy, is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Say it with me. Quick to listen, slow to speak. And if you've got a rubber band on, if you find yourself interrupting somebody or needing to ask some more questions, just give yourself a little snap. And you can't snap your neighbor, but snap yourself. And that's what we want. Amen? capiche? Amen. God bless you. Lord, I pray that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. God bless you. Go in the grace of God this morning. Thank you for listening to this week's message from The Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at G H dot com.